welcome, 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 welcome back to a random MLB podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm here with Greg. I'm not here with Josh. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since the last time we recorded this podcast. I don't know how many minutes exactly, but it feels like uh, it feels like it's been a little while. Greg, how you doing? Uh, I'm a little tired. I uh, just sat through three hours of tornado warning news coverage on ABC um, for the greater Philadelphia area. So that was fun. Yeah, no, but. there's flooding everywhere on the East Coast today, but and also flooding into your microphones is this beautiful podcast. <laughs> Was that a good transition? Is that I, a good transition? I don't think you, I, you couldn't have done that any smoother. Like, that okay. was exactly why we're here, you know? That's what I was hoping for. All right, well, enough of my corny jokes. I think we should get to what today is. So we're not going to pretend that middle of August you're always thinking about baseball because we know this is when fantasy football season starts. We have fantasy football leagues that we're in. I know you have fantasy football leagues that you're in. Right now, you're probably driving down to the shore, driving to wherever you may drive to for Labor Day weekend. You're listening to this, and you're thinking about who you're going to draft for a fantasy football league. We could kind of help you with that, but not really tonight, because what we're going to do is we're going to have a fantasy football draft with baseball players. And you're thinking, isn't that just a fancy baseball draft? But that is not the truth at all. What we're going to do is we're going to take the players' intangibles, their height, weight, whatever it is, those things that make them these amazing athletes and why they are professional athletes, and we're going to draft them as if they were football players. We're going to pick their positions, and we're going to we're gonna figure out who has the better team. I'll, I'll try and put it together and post it, and you guys can uh, vote on at Stars again. If I don't plug that enough, if you do not follow Random MLB Stars and you're on this podcast, please do at Random MLB Stars on every form of social media, but especially on Instagram. Um, yeah, and you're going to be able to vote between who you think has a better team between me and Greg. And uh, if you don't vote for us, uh, we'll give you a big fat thumbs down. Now, uh-huh. Are we going to jump, right right jump right into that? Are we going to jump right into that? I, I, I what, need to know your take on this because... I mean, I've heard rumblings, but I need to hear your official take on this as uh, a Mets fan. My are official you, take on this? You, first of all, are you one of the Mets fans that they're telling to shut up? No, I'm not. Because, like, I, this has been my take on it the entire time. One, I love Javi Baez, and I love Lindor. So I like that. I love the energy they bring to this team. And, and anyone who's still really angry about Lindor's production, I'm with you that... Maybe he has not performed to the level I thought he would this season, but just look how the Mets performed the second he got hurt, and look where they are when he isn't. It, it, it is a he is a difference maker in that locker room, and Javi's his best friend. Javi, in his own right, is one of the best players in baseball. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but that's what you get when you get Javi Baez. I've been on this podcast saying that I wasn't sure if I'd want to pay him. Watching him play for a couple weeks now, I would want to pay him up on the Mets because what he brings defensively, what he brings from power, uh, from a, a power perspective. Sure, he strikes out a lot, but the other things, the intangibles that Javi brings to a team, I can tell you the Mets are a different ball club with Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor up the middle than they were with Jeff McNeil, who I like a lot, and Francisco Lindor up the middle. But to get to the main question is, was that with the booing and that whole thing? Mets fans, as much as I love them, as much as I'm a Mets fan, um, New York is a weird place to play, and it's, they get hard on people. I'm all for booing. I have booed players 
I, I've never been one of those guys who gets really loud with it. And I, I think booing within reason is fair as long as you're not getting, uh, as long as you're not getting like personal and you're not getting into any problematic ways with your booing. I think it's fine. However, these fans who sit there and boo Javi Baez for really, you're, you're blaming Javi Baez for the dysfunction of an entire team. Yes, they could have gone out and gotten Chris Bryant. They, there, was obvi- there were rumors out there that have been confirmed that the Mets tried to get Kimbrell, Bryant, and Baez. That's a confirmed rumor from at least two different sources if you go look it up. So it's really not a question if they, they couldn't get Chris Bryant. So you got Javi Baez, who is still an all-star and a former gold glover. Mets fans are still annoyed about this. And they are taking out the and the Mets fans are annoyed about how the last month has gone. And they've taken their, their aggression on. It feels like Javi Baez is a figurehead. And it's not fair. But to get to the main point of this is the booing. I just think it's a very human thing to be like, if you're going to boo, if a grown man is going to boo another grown man... Do you expect him to always take it, like, correctly? Especially in the age we're in now where people are finally, like, not being shamed, especially athletes, for, like, having a voice against this type of stuff? Like, I think it's a very human reaction to want to be like, okay, I'm going to thrive off this, we're going to boo back, and we're going to, like, fight back and, like, tell all the doubters we don't care and we're going to fight for this. Um, I think a lot of Mets fans took it the wrong way. I think the Mets made it a bigger issue by making a whole press release. I think that could have been handled in-house, but the Mets had to do their normal dysfunctional Mets stuff, so they had to spoil it a little bit. So, all in all, I'm Team Javi. Uh, I think it was stupid. This entire thing was stupid. I, and I think you've shown no more than first game of the doubleheader, Javi Baez scores the game-winning run, and now we're cheering him. And I'm like, you guys are... You don't realize how hypocritical this looks and how much harder it is to sell the team and the fan base to players that you want to sign in the future when you're doing stuff like that. It it, it frustrates me to no end, and fans just think it's their right to be like that because they're New Yorkers and they're Met fans and they pay tickets and the players are millionaires, but these are human beings at the end of the day. And if you never thought that a human being, if you boo them, is not going to at a certain point get frustrated... I'm just shocked this hasn't happened earlier. And honestly, if you go back and you look at Ray Ordonez, I, I remember him specifically in around like 2003 uh, going to a reporter saying how these play, these fans expect us to be like, he basically trashed the Mets fans. They did the same thing to him. Ray Ordonez was not nearly as good as Javi at that point or at all, ever, ever. And, um, and he got sent downtown and we never heard from him again. This will continue to happen if this dynamic stays the same way. I think it was overblown by the fans and mostly by the Mets. Um, but yeah, until then fans have a right to boo, but do it within reason people. Come on. Like, let's be real about this. We're all human beings. Damn. Well, see now I'm all for coming from someone that coming from a Philadelphia Eagles fan who boos their team all the time. Um, yes, there's a very fine line not to cross, right? So you don't want to get personal. Um, booing for your team when they're not performing is a very valid way of showing your disapproval. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but this is something I was thinking about while you had your, your monologue there. Um, this is not the first time we've had a Met talking to the fans and telling them to back off. So I'm starting to sense a pattern here. You know, Pete Alonzo started this whole mess, if you're being honest with you. Are you if saying because he said to be calm is starting this whole mess? Hold on, hold on a minute. So think about this. Do the Mets have a mentality problem? Because oh the booing comes from somewhere, right? Uh, the booing is for watching the product on the field. And I can tell you the first half of this year, I the Yankees were garbage, man. Like, I was booing them every day. 
I didn't want to watch the games. They were disgusting to watch on the field. And now they're exciting again because they said, hmm, maybe we can score runs if we do more than just try to swing for a home run every time. Right? I was on this podcast earlier in the year. You said right as if I was going to agree with you, but I think the Yankees are just hot right now, and now the Yankee fans are just living life. This is the Mets fan the first nine months. That's You go with what you're seeing, and I think it's very valid to be able to boo what you're seeing if you don't like it, as long as you don't go too far. But... At the same time, I don't, you don't, they don't like it as in the Mets fans for a reason, right? So they're seeing this team that, first of all, they're just losing all the time now. Like there was that horrible stretch they just had. And I'm not saying they're always like that, but now, I mean, they're below 500. They fell out of the division race, basically. They completely fell out of the division race, barely even in the wild card conversation at all. It's more the division or bust at this point. And, you know, the first thing they hear is Pete Alonso saying, hey, guys, get off our back. It was just a rough week, right? Like, like that was going to go over well, and we talked about that here. And now they're booing again because they're still not happy, and you have, P- and you have Javi Baez go out there and say, you know, we're going to boo you back. We're trying. Like, leave us alone. Like, so now it's the second time where the players, you know, should be using these boos as fuel to be better. And but instead, is they're fighting not, back like they've done some major wrong to the players. But do, you, but do you not think that that maybe Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, and Kevin Pillar, whatever, like, don't you think they're, that is a form of using it as motivation? They were using it after hits. They were doing the boo back to be like, thri- they're thriving off of it. And they're being like, no, look, we're showing you. I, I kind of think that's what they were doing. And it just got taken out of. And also, it started like two weeks ago. And it just got blown out of proportion now when there was things were getting really, really bad. Um, I, I just don't think Met fans are going to realize how dumb this is until this offseason when Javi Baez walks and we just gave up a first-round pick and Pete Armstrong for absolutely nothing. I agree that it's very stupid, but now that we're talking about it, um, I think that uh, you can use booze and stuff to fuel you without directing your fuel back at the fans what is this a fight is your like is your goal to win or is your goal to prove the fans that you can do it but like, I, I think they're like, one in the same in this you, case you want to win like use their comments and use their anger towards making you like wouldn't you say to yourself i'm gonna get better we're gonna fix this you know you talk to your team hey guys we're gonna pick our shit up we gotta start winning now like like and go out there and prove it to them you don't sit there and go every time you get a hit like, "Hey, look at me! I got on base!" Like you're still losing to the Reds. Like you know, uh, what I mean? who cares? But like, I, 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 don't, I think I what think are you that's trying a, to prove. Like, I feel I like that's deeper than what it really is. I think it's just like a quick motivational thing because they're getting booed. And like, I mean, I think we could take this to another level. Do players really play for the fans? And I'm a fan. I love baseball, but like, I don't think in, they should. Like, yeah, but, like, and that's the question of, like, really deep down, if you poll, and we don't need to make this Javi Baez, you go to Mike Trout, you go to Shohei Otani, you go to whoever it is, are they really playing for the, no, they're playing for each other, they're playing for, like, their team, they're playing for themselves, and then the fans, they fuel off the fans, and they want to do well for the fans, but the fans aren't really their top priority, and not that we should be. I don't think I I've never gone in. Right. I feel like you have to have some narcissistic complex to really feel like, no, they're playing for me specifically. That's not it. They're playing for themselves. They're playing for their teammates. They're playing for their organization. 
And I think if that's the case, they're using whatever. I think I found looked at this as we're using this as a tool to like kind of like motivate the team as like a dumb way to motivate the team. And they got blown out. If this same thing happens in Cincinnati, to your point with the Reds, if Jonathan India is doing this, you know how many times we talk about this? Zero, because no Zero. one even knows what's happening. I agree that it is a circus manufactured purely because of the fact that this is the Mets. I know that. But now that we're talking about it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just play and be better than if you care about it so much. Don't, like, don't, oh, well, the fans are getting mad at us. It's the second time we've heard it out of the Mets now. Maybe it's a clubhouse problem. Maybe you don't have winners in that clubhouse. The, the Mets have win. I, I don't think it's anything deeper than they are falling apart. The team has been falling apart for a month now. And they need something to motivate themselves. They've been doing stuff all season long. They started with the waving, then they turned to different like hand. They do this every time they get an extra base hit. There has been something. They just switched it to the thumbs down for a little bit. I, I, I think it got blown out of proportion because of the players that were doing it. And it's players that the fans are frustrated with specifically. Javi Baez, unfairly. He got hurt, but he hasn't really even performed that poorly since they traded for him. He's been exactly what I expected him to be. Lindor, I get the frustrations, but again, just look at the splits of with them and without them, and, and that tells the story. I, I think the Mets releasing a press release, when I saw that go down, I'm like, okay, great. This is going to be a story for the next like two <laughs> days now. Because the Mets, they never know how to handle these situations. This happens time and time again. They're going to talk about this on WFAN all day. No, it really <laughs> is. I was like, the second Sandy Alderson did that, I'm like, do you not, you've been here. You've been around. Do you not know how this is going to happen? This could have died, but now it's not going to. And I hope I hope we're happy with how this resulted, because you're going to lose the guy you traded a first-round pick for. That's what's how this, in a month or two, you're going to forget about the thumbs-down thing. And then you're going to remember when Javi Baez signs elsewhere and you're like, damn, I wish I had Javi Baez. When he's in Philly or when he's on the Yankees, whoever signs him, whoever that is, I guarantee you, Met fans listening, you're going to be annoyed. And I'm going to be annoyed too. And I'm going to be like, I wish we never did this thumbs down stupidity because we would have kept him. Now, if we keep Javi Baez, I'll eat my hat. And I'm like, hey, clearly he doesn't care enough. Maybe that's maybe this is the best initiation to the New York media. He if he doesn't care about this, it still sides with the team. Like he might look at this like who cares? I'm here for whatever it's the money. Maybe he wants to play with his best friend, whatever it is. Uh, that's great because then he knows what to ex- he knows the worst of what to expect. However, uh, my gut tells me that's just not what's going to happen. And the Mets are going to be looking for a second baseman at the end of the season. Oh, Mets. Again, Every year. anyone who really hates Javi Baez, go watch Jeff McNeil's second base defensive highlights. I love Jeff McNeil. Tell me he's winning a gold glove this decade. Let me, let me, let me hear that one. And, and that's all I have to say about that. Like, let me, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm a fan. And you know what I like? You know what fans like? Watching their team win. I could care less if Javi Baez threw something at me from the field while the Mets were winning. If the Mets were clinching, if the Mets won the pennant, and then Javi Baez personally came into the stands and said, Hey, Tommy. You're ugly and I hate you. I'd be like, thank you, Javi. It's fine. We're going to the World Series. I wouldn't care. And that's where I fall on all of this. I don't really care enough as long as the team wins. Jalen Hurts could run me over in the parking lot on the way to his NFC Championship celebration uh, party. That's what I'm saying. Be cheering for him from my ambulance. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, if if the Mets are winning, this wouldn't be an issue. And and like all these fans are mad, just mad because they're losing, and you're throwing your frustrations on stupidity, and you're not going to regret it until you lose a former Gold Glover and perennial All Star. 
And that's the only thing that's going to come out of this. We didn't win. We didn't win. We didn't win some like battle between players and fans. Nothing has changed in that dynamic. Honestly, they might hate, they might dislike us a little bit more now. And we're going to lose the second basement. So who loses here? The fans. That's, that's what happened. That's what happened here. Sorry. Ooh. Man, I love I Mets set, fans. I set off the right topic to start the show. Because oh it just it annoys me. Because I'm just thinking forward to December when I'm hoping that the Mets go sign, like, I, I don't even know the right. I'm hoping the Mets can snag Brad Miller on a two-year deal so that we can have, like, some second base depth. You're going to get, like, Garrett Hampson. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I wish we could get Garrett Hampson. Mets no, but that's what's like going to be. Mats. We're going to be... We're gonna be, like, we're gonna have the the Mets front office is gonna be swinging for the fence with a bunch of guys. We're gonna be like, oh, we're in the running for this guy and this guy, and then we don't get them, and we wonder why we don't get these guys. This is why, and this is why, and this is what frustrates me, and I don't understand all these fans that go on Twitter and they and they just start mouthing off because they have. I I don't get it. I don't I don't see what the end game is to it. Like, do you feel better? Because I think you would feel your best if the Mets were winning. And what you're doing is directly the opposite of helping that. So that, that's, that's, I feel my best when the Mets win as a fan. So, I mean, Oof. that's just me. Wow. Love you, Mets fans. I'm one of you, so I, of course I love you. But, like, let's be, let's be smart about this. Starting off the pod the right way tonight. All right, so let's break down how these positions are going to work. So we're going to do quarterback, two running backs, Three wide receivers, a tight end, and then a kicker. And since kicker was kind of hard to, like, I don't know any play, other than Paul, Paul O'Neill, I don't really know if anyone could kick a baseball very far. <laughs> uh, what we decided was the kicker is going to be a manager because, like a manager, the kicker really shouldn't have too much of a role in the outcome. But if things go poorly due to a decision by the manager or a kick by the kicker, everyone's going to blame them. So I felt like they were in a very similar spot on that end. It's a very good analogy. It, it's right? Very, it fits right in. Like, All right. Well, I'm, I'm ready to make my picks. I, I, have, a whole, I have a whole list here. I, I have my team ready to go. Well, then you're going to have some good news because I just randomized our names on random.org, which fits with random MLB stars and random MLB pod. And uh, no just to do the draft order, no affiliation other than at random MLB stars. Please follow on Instagram. I'm going to plug that every time I say it. <laughs> Gregory, you are on the clock with the first pick. We're going to go you, and then we're going to snake around. So, Greg, who is your first pick, and what position are they playing? I will pick Mike Trout for my running back position. That's a good pick. I feel like he's got all the tools to be an all-pro, pro bowler, you know, one of the best at his position. He's a bruiser, but he's also athletic. I feel like he... He's the best all-around player in baseball for a reason. And he's got speed. He's got physicality. He hits a lot of home runs, right? Let's let's compare that way. Like, I'm thinking, okay, he hits home runs. He hits for average. You know, he can steal bases, too. He plays a good defense in the outfield. You know, that can be, that can be converted into blocking, right? Run blocking. He can do it all. Like, I think that Trout has to be my running back. Hundred percent. So I like. I'm, I'm handing it off to him on first, second, and third down. So and yeah. every goal line play. So I, I'm imagining Mike Trout in like a Christian McCaffrey type of role. Uh, yeah, uh, he's number one. Like I, I like it because how tall is Mike Trout? Is he like five eleven? I would say like was it six foot five eleven? 
Something like that, yeah. So they were down. He's got like, but you could when you look at Mike Trout, he's got like got that stocky. Yeah, he's, well, he's six two. He's taller than I thought he was. That's he's a tall running back. Like, <laughs> that's a tall running back. But six two, two thirty five. Like he's got that low center of gravity. When you look at him, he's got like that stocky big neck. He's got the look of a running back. Uh, he can catch out of the backfield. He's quick enough where he can got. He's shifting quick enough where he where he can make some moves. You don't need his arm. His arm is probably the weakest part of his game, and you're not going to need that running back. I like this pick a lot. Um, it's ironic that Mike Trout's going probably first pick in a fantasy draft for baseball and football with baseball <laughs> players. But, I can uh, see him. I can see him teaming up uh, if he if he wanted to join the NFL right now. Him and his buddy Zach Ertz can go join forces on the Eagles. Uh, hometown kid. It'll be great. Mike Trout uh, running back, bruising his way through, and then he does. And then we got Jalen Hurts rolling out for a. A screen pass to Zach Ertz, who's going to just run up the field with Trout blocking for him. It'll be great. Here's the question. Who would have more yards rushing in a full season, Miles Sanders or Mike Trout, on, in, the, in the Eagles' offense? Wow. Uh, the way, well, the Eagles' offensive line is actually pretty good if they're healthy. It's like they're only I, saving grace. I would say Miles Sanders, but I feel like Mike Trout obviously is going to catch a lot more. Is Mike Trout better than Boston Scott? Yes. <laughs> like, like today. I so. it, it, today. I love, much. I love Boston Scott. He is the giant killer. All he does is come on the roster so that when we play the Giants, he can score like four touchdowns. Like, I love that. that if so, that's his job, good, because I hate the Giants. Boy. Do you think, like, today, if Mike Trout put on pads, he'd be a better running back than Boston Scott? He'd be a better running back than more people than you think in the NFL. At least second stringers, at the very least. He would start on some teams, I, I, would, I bet. Like, there's a, there's a few teams I can think of that he would start on. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, Cincinnati, <laughs> if you don't trust Mixon to be healthy. You can play there. Why not? Like, <laughs> this is a like, hot take. Why not? Like, Trout Mike is, Trout can battle Joe Mixon for the starting job any, in Cincinnati. I any NFL team today, and he will be playing within the first five. I think if you put Mike Trout on any MLB, NFL team today, he is a – yeah, he's like a gadget player. I don't know if he's a three-down back. But in, you, in, in terms of a baseball him to draft – Hill? Come on. No, I, 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 I compared he's him to specimen. Denard Robinson. Denard Robinson, when he was with the Jags – but, like, the best version oh, of that. Denard the best Robinson. version of that. Come on, man. How no, no. Do, I'm that's saying a terrible comparison. The he's, best. he's the next Deion Sanders if he goes to the NFL. Well, in the terms of a baseball draft, I think Mike Trout is a good number one pick. But in terms of, like, against football players, someone might be listening to this, like, you guys are both crazy. He's clearly, like, the worst football player on like in the NFL if he plays football. I would just like to see it happen. I mean, can you tell me that for a fact? I don't think any of us can really judge the athleticism of Mike Trout versus Boston Scott or Miles Sanders. However, I do think of Mike Trout, my gut tells me he'd be a gadget player. My gut <laughs> well, tells I'm me he'd be a gadget player. I'm putting him right in player. the backfield, and he's running the ball 15 to 20 times a game. All right, well, so I'm going to pick next. And speaking of gadget players, uh, my first pick is going to be someone. I'm going to line him up at wide receiver. Uh, he's going to switch between the slot He's gonna come. He's gonna. I'm gonna line him up out wide. He's gonna play a Tyreek Hill role for me. Okay. Uh, he'll he'll maybe take some. He can take some carries out of the backfield. He can do it all. He's gonna return kicks because he's the fastest man in baseball. And my first pick is Trey Turner. Trey oh, Turner wow. is all over the field. Fastest man in baseball. He played center. He played short. He played second, and he played center field when he came up. So 
Trey Turner could track a ball. Trey Turner has all the intangibles that you need to be a successful football player, and he would be one. I, I think by drafting Trey Turner here, I have just drafted Tyreek Hill. That's a very uh, – it's funny how two, two, we're two in and we're already making really good comparisons. That's who I would think of. He's, he's speedy, and he is not, like, to be tested in terms of strength. Like, he would be a good wide receiver, I think. Like, put him anywhere. You just said it. Like, compare him, compare him in the slot to him uh, just – I don't know, grinding out at bat, right? I'm trying to think of good analogies, right? Him in the slot <laughs> as a slot receiver, grinding out at bat, going up for a little uh, a tough catch over the middle. But he has the speed to beat you outside too. Like like he, because he's like he led the league in steals in a shortened year, or is it this year or last year? He was he's not this year. I think last year he was the league leader. Uh, I right. think that was. Yeah. But that's what I mean. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball, if not the fastest, and. He would be a dual threat for you if you put him anywhere on the field. Wide receiver. It's not even a question to me. Put him on the outside. Like, that's a good pick. Like, yeah. I will, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to grab him at two because I, I, I think it's a no-brainer for me. But luckily, luckily uh, I'm happy you're in agreement because then I can move on to my, my third pick. Get the ESPN noise up in here. We're ready for our third pick. And we're going with, and this might be a quick, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. We're going with El Nino. We're going with Fernando Tatis, and we're starting him at quarterback. At because, quarterback? Because Tatis has an arm. He's playing outfield now. That's I mean, true. that is uh, clearly. You know, I guess you're right. Yeah. He has an arm. He can do everything you need. He can make all the throws you need to, arm strength wise. Accuracy? Hey, he leaves a little bit to be desired, but who doesn't? You know who else does? Josh Allen. Josh Allen leaves a little bit desired on, uh, on accuracy, but he's got the arm. And you know what Tatis has more than anything? He's got legs. I can run the pistol now. I got Trey Turner and Fernando Tatis. I'm running a pistol offense. This isn't even a question. How are you going to stop me? How are you going to stop me? Because you can't. It's, it, it, I, I feel so good about this pick at three. I, I, I'm, we're running like Chip Kelly's Oregon Ducks offense with Dennis Dixon in the NFL. We're just taking it. Oh we're, we're doing what Tim Tebow wishes he could do in the NFL. RPOs all day. <laughs> Not all day. All day. You don't even know what we're doing. Zone reads, jet sweep, all day. halfback screen. Like, <laughs> Not even a question. I mean, but Tatis has the arm to get it down the field, too. And you know what? Yeah. Makes a good quarterback. He's a captain of the infield, or he was, right? Like he, Now yeah. he's going to be the captain of the outfield. Like I don't care where he's playing. Like He... That's a good. It's. I didn't think about it at first, but you know what? He lines up pretty well for a quarterback if you're gonna pick. He's a little thinner than Josh Allen, but I think he, to me, gives me what I think Josh Allen would give. They have that similar well, he arm gives you strength. With the passing, but he gives you with the legs too. Josh Allen can run. It's like, like slightly it's like inaccurate arm strength in legs. That's that's what you're going for there. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm all for it. So do I get two picks in a row now? No, you you're, you're sneaking no? back, so you got two in a row. I think All the right. rest of the draft, we're going two in a row because it's just two of us tonight. Of the way it snakes around, and then the last one. R.I.P. Josh. Get there. So now, where do I go next? See, now that you have a quarterback, I can wait for that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a better way to play it. I've been thinking that, too. All right, so that's that's interesting. So I, I'll save that, that pick for a little later on. Um, but I am going to go with the wide receiver now to start building that up. And I'm going to go young. I want Cedric Mullins. Um, Damn. I, think, I don't, I don't think I have to sell him to you because no, you I don't. You, I'm, I, I think, think you, 
forget the Matt Chapman fan club. I feel like you parrot the Cedric Mullins. You are you are Cedric Mullins number one. My love for Matt Chapman and, and Cedric Mullins is around the same. They're probably like my two single favorite players in baseball. I really enjoy Ball. watching them. I've watched more Orioles games than any human being should, purely because of <laughs> Cedric Mullins this season. Mullins is I'm gonna I'm trying to stretch the field with Mullins. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball, and he is consistent. He's hitting 300. Right, um, he's come on the scene very young. He's giving me Devonte Smith vibes. He's he's what we hear about Devonte Smith, right? That the Eagles picked in the draft is that he is an elite route runner. He he has the X's and O's down to T, and he's consistent. Right, Mullins is that young spark that I'm going to give to my offense to stretch the field and make. Big plays. He might not make too many screens or make too many short passes, but he is definitely going to be streaking down the field for 20, 30, 40 yard gains every single time. Cedric Bones is my wide receiver, number one. And he can go get it. The guy can go get it. He, yeah. he, I, I, I'm, I'm positive that Cedric Mullins is a good route runner. My only concern about Cedric Mullins is I feel like he's a bit on the shorter end. So you're going to have to plan that into your offense because I think he's only. Now again, I could be wrong. I thought Mike Trout was six foot, and he's six foot two. Is is Cedric Mullins? I would say my best guess. I'm not. Maybe I'm not good at this game. Is he five eleven? Um, I don't have his height up on the screen, but I can find it. Yeah, I, I, my, my, that's my only concern with him. But there's plenty of five eleven wide receivers. He's five foot eight, actually. He's short. so yeah. That's tough because I had Cedric Mullins on my draft board as a lover of Cedric Mullin, Mullins. Yeah, 5'8", 175, that guy's in the slot. Like, he's doing a Lynn Bowden role. He's a Wes Welker fine. type. I, 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 it's okay if I have speed, if I balance it out. And you'll get there in a second with my next Well, but. see, that's the, that's the good thing about Cedric Mullins. You can throw him in the slot. He's going to go get it. He's going to catch anything you need him. He's quick. And then you can line him up. You can do some quick gadget plays where people are assuming he's going to go inside. And then he's just going deep. And he, he's going to grab that ball. I, I, I like Cedric Mullins at receiver. Personally, he was number one on my big board at running back uh, because I just like he, he. I just I just thought his skill set would work perfectly for that. But here, who who's your next I, pick? I thought he would be good for running back, but the reason I said no to it was because he's way too small. I don't want a Darren Sproles at my running back. Um, that, we love Darren fair. Sproles, but you know, I, I he if he's gonna be shorter, he's gonna use his speed and he can get open outside one on one. Right, he can beat people. He's agile. He's quick. And he's consistent. I feel like he'd be one of those guys, like I said before, the comparison to Smith. Rat running would be immaculate. The double move, he'd pump, he'd pump on a bunch of people and and um, and make them miss, and he'd just get wide open in two seconds. Now, how am I going to balance that out? With another wide receiver, I am going to go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, he's the man. Wait, did you just say Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. at wide receiver? Yes, I did. I How, want Vlad Guerrero what Jr. is he going to do? I I want someone that he he is 6'2", 250, right? He's a strong power hitter and I when I'm thinking of balancing out a shorter speed guy, I'm thinking of an all-around stronger home run hitter that can go up and make tough catches over the middle. Whether but, that but, be short but game, Vlad is slow as anything. I'm happy matter. you made this pick. He's not even getting down the field. What, 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 what are we doing here? We don't here? need him to be. I'm thinking of this in terms of covering all 
lengths of the field, right? We have three wide receivers and a tight end and some running backs to go catch passes. We don't need every guy to be streaking down the field at 100 miles an hour. We just need, you need your deep threat, but then you need your guy that's going to be able to go up and make big plays. There's big wide receivers in the NFL that are very successful. Like, they don't all know, you don't need to be nimble and agile. But, but you need I, to I'm be, trying, like, in shape, I, and Vladdy's in a better is. shape. When, I, when I'm comparing, and he's young, too, when I'm comparing trying to take baseball stats and compare them to what I think would be good for football stats, I say that since he's hitting so many home runs and he's an all-around great hitter, and he can drive in runs for his team, right? He has 39 home runs, 96 RBIs this year, huge OPS over 1,000. I see that as a guy, if you throw this ball over the middle, I don't care who's there. Maybe I could have used him at tight end even. but I think I tight end would be receiver. better suited for him, personally. I, I, he might switch in midseason, but I think well, you're need to define that before you. You're going to need to find that before you either pick a wide receiver or a tight end. because Well, he's going to be my wide receiver. I'm sticking with it. I want a wide receiver bigger than the competition because if I throw a ball over the middle, he's just catching it no matter what. You know what I'm I, I am covering my short game and I'm covering my deep game with Mullins and Vlad Guerrero as my wide receivers. You know what I'm not looking forward to? Uh, when, I'm gonna, when I post like the graphic of this and I'm going to get DMs of how is Vladdy a wide receiver? And I'm going to say, I really don't know, but I'm going to have to defend you. And I don't really don't even know how I'm going to in that situation because the man <laughs> is slow for baseball. I don't know how he would work in football lining up out wide. Like, I get your argument of you need to defend all sides of the field, but is Vladdy just going to stand there like five yards out route and then hope no one gets around him? Not necessarily. Like, he could do slants. He could do post routes. He could do He's comebackers. He's for this. Like, it's going to be great. Like, he... He is gonna he's gonna translate his home run hitting into his power and his strong. Uh, he's gonna have a strong catch stat. If this was Madden, he would have a ninety nine in catching. I, I guarantee you, like he's How? gonna go up. You throw a ball to him. It doesn't matter if a guy tips it or something. He's gonna shove his elbow in their face and grab the ball. That's Vladdy. Well, I'm happy you picked him because it's a terrible pick, so we're, 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 I'm fine with that. So uh, I'm happy. I'm not going fight to you, fight you on it because it's a terrible pick, and he wasn't even near my draft board. He didn't even sniff my draft board. Wow. All right. He didn't even sniff it. All right, moving on. So where on. are your next two picks going? My next two picks. Um, so you already have one running back, so it makes me think I can wait a little bit on my next one, but I, I'm going to go for it anyway, and we're starting off. With that running back, we're drafting Jose Ramirez. 5'9", 190. He's that perfect size. He's still at that little stocker. He's got some muscle on him, a little bit of weight on him, so he, he doesn't get tossed around that much. And Jose Ramirez, what people forget about Jose, got sneaky speed. 34 steals in 2018. Already has 19 this season. He's got some speed. He's a little nimble out there. Guy could play second base, third base, shortstop. I'm pretty sure if you threw him in the outfield, he could probably figure it out. He's athletic. He's great. His hand-eye is phenomenal. I'm putting him at running back. I'm lining him up out wide sometimes if I need to. Another gadget guy. We're running the Oregon offense here. We're running the pistol. So having Jose as my number one RB back there, uh, I feel great about it. I really do. He was my number one running back. I feel like uh, there's other other players you could go for right now, but... Ramirez is like you said, like the perfect size is the perfect size. Like for running back and his, he can hit for power, but he also has a lot of steals every year. And if we're going to compare stealing and and running back 
play. Like I think that Jose Ramirez would be a, a sneaky. If this was fantasy football, he would be a, a high upside running back too, in my humble opinion. It may be a bit of a stretch, but it's not much of a difference between a two and a one. He would be like a low-end one consistently, right? But he could be one of those guys that surprises you, and it's like a sleeper on many people's draft boards. But I like the pick. Well, I hope you like that one because you're going to like the next one even more. Uh, I'm going mm. to be the first one to venture into the tight end world. Oh, I'm wow. going to be the first one. And I'm dra- at 6'4", We might need to tell him to put a little bit of weight on, but we're going with Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger? Sne- <laughs> sneaky speed at tight end, sneaky speed again. Now let's go uh, through Steele's numbers. We had 10, 14, 15, six. this year he's not hitting, so he really can't steal base if he can't hit. Cody Bellinger's already one of the best offensive outfielders in baseball. It, that's a fact. So you throw Cody Bellinger at tight end, and now that guy can catch anything. Now we got Kyle Pitts out there because he's quick and he can catch anything. He's at 6'4". He's a little bit bigger. You're going to have to throw some weight on him. We're going to have to tell ask Corey what his favorite snack is. We're going to just have to feed him with it. Uh, tell him to hit the gym a bit. But, yeah, Cody Bellinger can do it all, and he's got hands for days. Uh, he's fast. He can cover some ground. And I think if you put some weight on him, I think you can figure out some blocking if you need him. But, again, we're running the pistol, so we're going to figure that out without him. Well, it's he's fine. he's uh he's not allowed to hit against lefties anymore though. Cody Bell he doesn't need Cody to do Bellinger's that in the NFL. Missing, he has some holes on offense. What he won't need to do that? that in the NFL. He doesn't need to hit lefties. He just needs to run routes. What he doesn't need to hit lefties. Well, what if there's a play where he used to do a little bit of run blocking? I think know, Cody Bellinger is not blind on the left side of his face. I think he he could see to the left. He's just not good at hitting. Yeah, left but he just he just whiffs on everything. Like that that's what his problem is right now. I think Cody Bellinger is going to have a good August. And if the safe, if the nickel safety is running at him while uh, Jose Ramirez is coming out of the backfield, he might just scoot past him every single time. On left Cody side. Bellinger is going to have a good September. And again, you're you're bringing hitting into account. Cody Bellinger is a great defensive outfielder right now, and that's what I'm looking for. He's got speed. He's got enough speed at tight end, and he can catch the ball. Cody Bellinger at tight end at six foot four. Uh, I'm going to need him to put on some weight. That is for certain. But I love where he's at there. I know we're not doing defense. I don't like the pick that much. I know we're not doing defense, but maybe he'd fit better as a corner or something because I don't see it as that. I think he's too slow to be a corner. Like, I, I feel don't like know if, you're, if, would if be. you have a high enough pick here uh, in this draft that if you are already saying, oh, we got to put some meat on this guy, like you could have picked someone else first then. Like that You're slimming down right. Vladdy. I think that's going to be harder to do than me oh, toning up. I, I want Vladdy as well, If you're not slimming down Vladdy, he's not catching balls. That's just that's just a fact. Vladdy is a powerhouse catching slant rats over the Then wouldn't Vladdy be better suited at, as like a running back RB2 role behind Cedric Mullins? Oh, no. Who's your running back? Um, Trout. Yeah, behind Trout, maybe an RB2 role. Wouldn't he be better no, there? No, because then he's not like gonna be, we're not going to use him that much then. A Lamont Trout Jordan, if back. you will. A Lamont Jordan, if you will, you get Vladdy down there, and you're just like, "Hey, Vladdy, just throw your weight around for a little bit." Nah, because I feel like we can use him in a better role. Because I feel like having toughness at, at the wide receiver position is huge. Uh, not not tight end; it's different, right? Like you don't need. He's not like you know Vince Wilfork. Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he was like we, last we need, season. <laughs> we need someone that's going to be tough. To make some catches because he's 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 an athlete. He's a baseball player first, but I mean, no kidding. But, you know, he is a slugger, too. And that's the kind of that's the kind of toughness we need to be catching passes over the middle. I, I, I can't believe I'm still defending myself. Here's my next two picks. Yeah, take, start, you got two picks. 
Let's Clearly, start if you're there. still defending it, I think you're doubting it. So I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely not doubting. It. I'm excited to have him on the team. So I am gonna uh, get a tight end. Uh, I'm gonna go with Aaron Judge, and that is one of the reasons I didn't go with uh, someone like Vlad at my tight end because I had Judge in mind, right? So he is uh, gigantic. I mean, we know that. Aaron yeah, Judge is a slugger. He's 6'7", 282. You don't need to beef him up. He's ready to go, right? Um, and he is one of the consistently most all-around players in the MLB. He's one of the faces of the Yankees and the face of one of the faces of baseball, honestly. Um, having him on the right side or left side, doing both run blocking and throwing his weight around and also making tough catches out of the backfield. And lest we forget, you know, Aaron Judge uh, did play football uh, in high school, I believe, uh, in California. Yeah. He, I have his stats up on the screen, actually. As a senior in high school, he caught 54 passes for 969 yards and 17 touchdowns as a wide receiver. You know what I mean? He, he, imagine that with the size he has. That was in high school. Imagine that with the size he has now, blocking and catching at tight end. You can't beat that. He, he could join the NFL right now as a tight end, and he would flourish. I, I flourishes. Flourish. Flourish. I, I, I mean, think you're just jealous that you didn't pick him. I don't know why you picked. No, Tony no, because he's on my board. He's third on my board at tight end, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm happier with Cody Bellinger. I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think it's a good pick. I'm just saying, comparing him, I was just gonna say, if you, we just saw a former, uh, a former big, a former baseball player try and make a transition to tight end in Tim Tebow. And it didn't go too well. <laughs> uh, I almost called him a former big leaguer, but uh, anyone who thought Tim Tebow was ever going to make it to the big leagues, I think uh, you need to maybe reevaluate some of the sources you're trusting. Regardless, uh, I don't hate the pick at all. He, he has what you need in a tight end, and he was definitely in consideration for me at that position. But uh, I, I think I just decided to go elsewhere, and I'm happy with my my choice. I like Aaron Judge there. Aaron Judge is big. He's fat. Everything I said about Belly, you can apply to Aaron Judge. But I think yeah. I have a better chance of Aaron of Belly staying healthy because Aaron Judge can't stay healthy while playing baseball. So, Wow. Okay. I mean, again. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I still love the pick um, for my team because he's going to give me that bruising toughness along with Vlad Guerrero in the slot or Vlad Guerrero on, even on the outside. You have him just – I'm still going to defend him. I just – I can see it now. Uh, you know, you're going to laugh, and then it'll be a tight game where you need to get five, six yards, and who's going to be streaking right across the middle? Who, care, who cares who's defending him? It's Vlad Guerrero catching the pass right over the middle in traffic every single time. Every time. Well – just like I, he scoops those balls up at first base. Again, I'm happy <laughs> that you picked Vlad Guerrero because it's unequivocally a bad pick, and it's just going to give my team the edge. Wow. Okay. Unequivocally. Right. So now it's, we'll I, got, I got my two, right? No, I have to do one more. Oh, you have, so. do, you have one more. My bad. Yeah, so now I, 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 can, I, I don't have to pick my quarterback yet, so I'm not going to do it. Um, I am debating whether to go round out my wide receiver core or go for another running back. And I think what I'm going to do is go for another wide receiver, and I'm going to go with Starling Marte. Um, Marte is, again, another guy with speed. He's leading the majors in, in, um, in stolen bases right now with 42. 
um, and he's a great hitter, right? Uh, he does have some injury problems, but I'm going to take the flyer. I, I think that him on the outside, now my, my receiver core is starting to come into more of a focus, right? You have Cedric Mullins and Sonny Marte just running laps around people. Marte's got pure speed. Mullins has the agility and quickness. And Vlad Guerrero is just your bruiser right down the middle. Balance that out across the three, and I think you have a solid wide receiver core. Um, I'm interested to see what you think about that. Now knowing the full picture of my wide receiver core. So, for me personally, um, I, I, I like Starling Marte. He's on my big board. But at the same time, if I'm Mel, I'm, he's on Mel Kuyper's big board at wide receiver for certain. My point stands. And this doesn't change how I feel about Vladdy, because now what if you're putting Cedric Mullins in the slot and now you got Vladdy out wide, and again, this guy cannot get further than five yards off. This feels like you're lining up two really good at you're you're lining up Wes Welker and it's a it's a tough comp for a Starling Martin. You're we'll 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 call him a, an Antonio Brown type, uh if he can route run like that. He got the speed, but not overwhelming speed, but enough with the acceleration. But you're lining them up with Kelvin Benjamin on the other side, and the guy can't move, and he's standing, and this is the uh, and, and I, I don't really understand. I, I don't even understand what your plan is with this because Vladdy still can't move, and I don't even know if he has the same vertical that Kelvin Benjamin would. And uh, Kelvin Benjamin wasn't all that successful. Well, here's the thing: I like the three of them together, as as in my wide receiver core, balancing it out. Because who cares if Vladdy? can't or can or cannot move that's not why i picked him you see i have starley Marte for speed i have cedric mullins for speed and agility and overall quickness running routes breaking breaking routes open wide open to get you know past the corner past the safety and then i have vladdy running across the middle in tough situations making catches no one else wants to i don't care if he can run down the field he might not be able to uh but he's an all-around strong player that I could have running five or six yard slants every tough situation just throw the ball over the middle he's going to catch it that's what I want out of him you can say the same for a tight end but I don't need that because I also have Aaron Judge so like that's that's why I like this so much more you're making me like my team you maybe want to go out in the field right now like this is exciting you shouldn't because again your wide receiver can't move doesn't so matter I, 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 I have two really that can know. and one that's there to catch the ball whenever I need him to this is a fantasy team, though. At the same time, we're doing a fantasy draft, and you have one wide receiver who can't. Well, we could, if this is a fantasy draft, we did not necessarily specify that this was or was <laughs> not a PPR league. So he could be a guy that just gets catches. Ten catches for ten yards. So you're you're points, hoping Vlad, well, How tall is Vladdy? 6'2"? Yeah. Hell of a... 6'2", 250 is going to be a hell of a, of a red zone threat. Hey, listen... Vladdy is going to catch any... I don't care if he's in the red zone or not. He is going to catch everything thrown to him. He, 10 catches for 10 yards is 11 points in the PPR league. We have spent every little break between picks discussing how bad I need to defend him because he's great. And I think that you, you know, put our guy, put my guys against your guys. We'll see who wins. I want to see who you're going to pick for you. 10 times out of 10, I'm confident in my squad. All right, na- name your next two. My next I'm a little two scared picks. you're going to pick the guy I want, but... So next pick at wide receiver. So we got Trey Turner, we got Belly, we got Jose Ramirez, we got Tatis, 
We, we uh, as I was saying with a lot of these guys, we want a little bit more weight on them outside of Ramirez. So I, I want a receiver that's fast that can do some stuff, but he's also got a little weight on him. So I don't need to worry about him like getting clobbered and right. being done. I need I need some I need a little physicality on the outside, and that's why I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. He he's can catch any ball you throw out there. He's even got a little bit of an arm. So if we want to do a little Antoine Randall in the Super Bowl, maybe do a little reverse throws it down the field it's it's feasible it's feasible we're running the pistol anything's possible i am very excited for having ron lacuna here getting him where i'm getting him having him at receiver I, this couldn't be a better scenario i think that's a good pick um it's the right way to go there and uh top one of the top names i never ever 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 thought i would hear on this podcast antoine randall what a shout out love that i love antoine that. randall l Great player. Man, no eight. If you didn't trade for Antoine Randall L, you were losing. That's just he what was a was member happening. of the Washington football team. He played for the um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. That, was, the that was a that was a play I remember to this day. Antoine Randall, that throw. That was crazy. Like it, me as well. It was a uh, it was him to Heinz Ward, and it was really great. But yeah, so that's what we're planning to do with with uh, Ron Lacuna. Um, we're gonna run again. We're running the pistol. So. Antoine Randall was a little bit more slender than Acuna was, so clearly that's going to be a different role than him. I'm hoping that uh, Acuna is going to fill more of that Julio role for us, but with a little Antoine Randall where he can do a reverse and throw it. And uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited where we're going to get from him. But moving on to my next pick, and this is tough for me because I, I, I got two really good options. Ooh, this is I'm tough. Scared. I'm scared. Um, I'm scared you're going to pick my guy. So one guy's got some injury issues, and I think that's going to keep me away from him. Uh, I would love, and, and I'm sorry, Byron Buxton, but I don't think I could go with you here because you can't last in a baseball season. I'm not positive you're going to make it through a football season. So I need a guy. I got Trey Turner. I got Ronald Acuna. Now I need another guy who can I can line him up inside, outside, whatever I'm going to line him up. He's going to catch the ball, and he's got some legs, so he's going to run with it. So, like, I got some runs after yards after catch. I got gloves that he could catch anything. So I look to who is one of the best defensive outfielders we've seen in the past decade. And that's why we're going with the outlaw, and we're going with Kevin Kiermeyer. He might not even be on your draft board. He wasn't. But Kevin, Kier, Kevin Kiermeyer can get any ball you throw to him. And Kevin Kiermeyer is tough. He's gritty. He's fast. He can catch anything. I like the flexibility he gives me if I'm throwing Trey Turner as a gadget player. Now, now Kevin Kiermaier could go out wide if I don't need him in the slot. I, I think he's the perfect pick for this situation. One of the best defensive outfielders we've seen. I'm um, really excited. I was hoping to get him here. I figured he wasn't. There was a few guys at contention. Of course, Byron Buxton, respect to you. But uh, Kiermaier is definitely, I, I'm confident and happy. It wasn't a pick, pick that I thought of. He wasn't on my board, but he, he should have been because that's, you know what? Good description. Like, this, is, this, this isn't one of those situations where I'm like, all right, Tommy, you're getting cute with your picks now. Like, no, no, no. It's a good pick. Defensively, he's one of the best there is. And if you're going to try and translate skills to baseball, uh, baseball to football, you need someone that can catch. There you go. Like, if you're going for hands, you got it. Like, that's, that's definitely the guy you want to go with. Um, yeah, I like the pick. I do. I don't think there's much to be said. Kiermaier, as a baseball player and as a football player, pretty unproblematic. You know what you're going to get, and that's what I want. I want some consistency on my team. I do like that. Kevin Kiermaier is like Cole Beasley in fantasy football. 
you're getting 15 a game. Yeah. Like, you're getting it. Because he's going to get six catches. He might be for 60 yards and no touchdowns, but you're getting the six points from catches. You're getting the ten point, the point for every, six, uh, every 10 yards. You're getting to, like, 12 to 15 range every game. It's a consistency it's a good game. pick. I like it. I like it a lot. But hopefully Kevin Kiermaier is vaccinated. Hopefully. <laughs> um, hmm. All right, so now I believe I have to go now with two picks. Um, and I have three positions to fill. I have quarterback, my second string running back, and a kicker, which I'm I'm gonna wait till the end with the kicker. But um, one of the I just did mention that one of the guys I was worried about you picking that you were gonna pick, and you didn't. You almost did, but you didn't. And I want to, and I, knowing the history, I want to have Byron Buxton as my quarterback. Wow. All the trash talk, and you're still going Byron Buxton. Right, because football is a different sport. Um, And since we have free reign, he needs to be more physical. (laughs) We have free reign to do whatever we want. Now, here, listen to this, right? Uh, Since, as a quarterback, you, would you agree that you probably have the best protection? on the field considering you have five or six guys at a time blocking for you. So that gives Byron Buxton an edge in terms of trying to stay more healthy. Oh, Byron Buxton is your quarterback. Oh, he's my quarterback. Cause I'm thinking let's get a guy that's a scrambler that can run outside the pocket and turn dead passing plays into, into first downs with his legs. I think Byron Buxton is a speedster. I think Byron Buxton is going to get out of the pocket a lot. He's going to do a lot of Lamar Jackson-esque stuff for my team. Health is a concern, but you know what? Like, I, again, he he has... If you're going to put a baseball player that gets injured a lot anywhere on the field, you put him behind a giant offensive line. And I think that limits his injury case. Obviously, the concern, if we had backup quarterbacks, this wouldn't be a problem. But I, I want Byron Buxton for that speed factor because I feel like he's got a cannon, too, and he is, you know... In baseball, we always talk about how his injuries hold him back from pretty much everything. And I get that because I've been consistently hard on him for that because we're talking about baseball. But if we're talking about football, imagine Byron Buxton as your quarterback. That that would be something to watch. I feel like he'd be a specimen, like an absolute phenom. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the pick because my instinct was to put Byron at, at go uh, line him up out wide and put him mm. at receiver, but he's going to get hurt doing that. Quarterback, he does have a better chance of staying healthy. He's doing that Dak Prescott right. role, I would say. Uh, I would say he's a similar. I don't. I don't know. I'd be interested to see if you lined up a race between Byron Buxton and Dak Prescott, who would win. But it's a similar role, and you would hope with a better offensive line that Byron Buxton would stay healthy. I like the pick. Uh, you know how I feel about Byron mm-hmm. Buxton. I can't argue this. Now, this one, this is my reach. This is this is an overreach. But I also yeah, so Vladdy wasn't no, the reach. I'm gonna, I did my research on this one. This is purely because this is football, right? Um, and I'm going with an interesting pick for my backup running back. Um, a man by the name of Delino DeShields. I don't know if he's Jr. a backup. I think they're rotating in. What? I think they're rotating in. They're they're rotating in. This isn't a backup. Fine. Delino DeShields Jr. Currently playing for I believe he's on. Uh, he got traded yesterday. Right. Is he on so Cincinnati yeah, you, now? You need to be or? updated on this. 
He's in he's in Cincinnati and I was with his dad as a bench coach. Oh, I think his dad's like a first base right. coach. Right. So Delino DeShields Jr., right? Um undersized, right? But he's perhaps one of, if not the fastest overall players in baseball, right? Uh the thing with him was I'm committing to this being for football as well. And I wanted to go with someone who knew all about football in college. Um as a college athlete. He was a two-sport athlete, and he received scholarship offers from Stanford, Georgia Tech, and Ole Miss to play football. Not baseball, football. He instead decided to go to LSU, play baseball. But when he was playing football, he was a three-star athlete in recruiting circles, and he played for the Woodward Academy in Georgia as a running back. Look at that. He was 5'9", 190, but again, he's a speed guy. Analysts described him as stout running back with a low center of gravity and a tough guy to get a solid hit on. Now, I didn't want a Darren Sproles type running back for my, you know, top running back. That's why I have Mike Trout. I don't mind making him the guy I switch in for a change of pace, right? You know, he is a little bit small, but with that speed and playing that second fiddle to Trout, I think it's a good balance. And it's a, it's a, Pick that you wouldn't know unless you really dove into the fact that he was a solid player in uh, college or in high school, excuse me, uh, with college offers and, and high recruiting uh, numbers. But uh, I like Delino DeShields Jr. Well, uh, I think I, 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 I can't argue with it because I also read the same tidbit when I Googled <laughs> baseball players who played <laughs> football in high school. Uh, I, I read the same factoids that you read, um, so I can't argue it. At the same time, um, I guess it's just a question of how we're viewing this. Is it a fantasy football competition or is it a football competition? We've both gone with a football aspect, so I think we're going from that viewpoint. And if mm-hmm. it's that, yeah, that seems like a solid backup. That seems like a solid RB2. But you know who's a better Tell RB2? Me. My next pick. And I don't know, all, all you listeners can't see what I'm doing right now, but my thumbs are down because oh, Javi no. Baez <laughs> is going to be my other running back because uh, it's an easy choice for me. Again, low center of gravity, sneaky fast, can catch the ball, gold glove shortstop, gold glove second baseman, even plays the outfield and is a plus outfielder. The man can go get it. The dude can scoot. Shout out to Stugat's army. Uh, no, he the, it's, Javi Baez, to me, is a no-brainer at RB2. I'm, I, I'm shocked I even got him here. Um, I mean, maybe I have to work. And I, and I also like that he thrives off the energy in the stadium, thrives off the fans. That's when you, when you need, like, the tempo to boost. Like, like, you're down. You're down maybe 10, and you want to get a little change of pace in there, and you bring in Javi Baez for a carry. Javi Baez, is, he's thriving off of that. Does clearly. he thrive off the fans? I, don't, I think we just had a whole conversation about how he needs to be, and, but and he really isn't. Facts tell us this. Facts tell us this. He put his thumbs down. He got killed. The next day, he scored the game-winning run. So that's what I need to know. Javi Baez is going to do it. Javi Baez thrives off that, and behind Jose Ramirez as RB2, as a change of pace back, this guy, I can now even line him up in the, as a wide receiver. He gives me endless opportunities, and I, I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited I about like it. The uh, foreshadowing at the beginning of this podcast of Javi Baez bringing it full circle here. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to pick him, and when when we were talking about it, this, was a, it's so a great it's a great way to bring us back around. 
but at the same time, uh, regarding the pick itself, I mean, it's a fair pick. It's it's an RB2. I, I just don't know uh, if he brings you that much. Uh, I guess it's not a bad thing necessarily, but he doesn't give you much different than Jose Ramirez would, unless I'm missing something. I feel like they're more similar than not, but maybe that's what you want. I don't know if that's right. what I want. I want two guys who were. I want. I want the same thing. Yeah, I want. I want that. Right, that's I, fine. I'm not really looking that's for what you're going for. I'm that, not looking for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, no. I, I I know it's September 1st when we're recording this, but I am not. It is not the 21st night of September, and I am not looking for Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> I am looking for two guys who do similar skill sets who can just kind of offset each other and really, really give teams are run for their money because again i'm running the pistol so if i can run two rb sets and my running backs are doing the same thing you don't know what to do to me you really don't you don't know how to cover you don't know how to defend can you name the three members of earth wind and fire from the 2007 new york times oh it's Derek ward uh brandon jacobs and ahmad bradshaw another name drop tonight can you name all of the members of the band earth wind and fire I can't name them by by name. I can no, name I Morris White. I, I would love to. I know Morris White's in the band. Well, he was. Yeah, right. I can do that, but I can't do but, all of them. No, I, <laughs> I, I can't do that. Um. Anyway, but yeah. Um, I got my so my last pick here is kicker, and this is coach. the manager yeah. spot of guy who isn't really responsible for what's going down, but uh, but is going to catch the blame for it. And I don't think any person exemplifies that more than Luis Rojas. Okay. Luis Rojas is not a great manager by any means. Not to keep this Mets theme going. He's not a great manager by any means, but he's not as bad as he's getting what he's getting in the media right now. Uh, he's getting not getting kicked around all day long because of his decisions. And the reality of it is just the team hit a rough patch. I, I'm not really sure it's on him, uh, but we're going to blame him. And he probably won't have a job next season. Uh, he, he probably will not be the Mets manager come 2022. Uh, so, Luis, this is my thank you to you for really doing a decent job these last two years. And uh, for all of you who really hate Luis Rojas, you forget how bad Mickey Calloway was. Wow. So, um, the, the, yeah, no, I, I think I, listen, I, I'm conflicted about this pick because obviously <laughs> you just spent your entire description of him as. I feel so bad for him. I'm going to put him on my team. But at the same time, you committing basically you, you how people draft kickers. You committing to the theme, and I like that. Kickers are the ones that take the most flack, even if they're not the worst problem, because they have the most decisive role at some points. Um, they don't get they don't interfere with too much, but the, the I know minute they go pick. wrong, right? I like that. That's a good pick for that reason. I like that. Like. Um, there's another person who exemplifies this probably more than Luis Rojas does, and I hope he's your pick. I don't think it is. I have an interesting pick, um, and it's more of a feel thing. I'm going for the win, and I'm also kind of on the theme of not being, well, kind of underappreciated, right? I'm talking about Gabe Kapler, manager of the San Francisco Giants. Analytics guru, listen, Gabe Kapler. First of all, while he is a manager in real life at the moment, athletic freak, can we agree? Gabe Kapler is like 
the freak. Gabe Kapler's in better shape than I am at 25, and Gabe Kapler's he's freaky. Like 50 at this point, 45. He's, he's he's not that old, but he's he's freaky. Like he is he has isn't always has been a physical specimen, right? So he could he could boot the ball. But let's talk about a manager now that is absolutely underappreciated in all the walks of life of baseball that he has been in before, specifically as a manager. When he was down here managing the Phillies, he was getting killed, absolutely killed every single game because of the strange responses he had to the media and his over-analytical mindset and the way he managed game, right? And what happened is exactly what all the fans wanted. Finally, they cut ties with Gabe Kapler so they could get good old workhorse Joe Girardi to come in and save them from their woes. And what what exactly happened again? Let me can can we can be reminded here for a second. Uh, The Phillies are still garbage, and they're the reason he was garbage because he had garbage players to put on the field in the first place. And Gabe Kapler is leading the San Francisco Giants right now to an amazing record he's you don't hear his name anymore he's just getting it done out there he has good talent but you know what like he is an underappreciated manager for all the flack he gets for being super analytics because he certainly is but 85 wins is working for san francisco right now who's in the thick of an nls race with the dodgers you know what i mean and if if it's going to come down to it someone that's underappreciated but is consistently right now the top of the game and getting the job done give me Gabe Kapler give me those analytics I want an analytical kicker I want my field goals to work 99% of the time give it to me I want it well I I thought you were gonna go Booney there uh and Booney is probably more than Luis Rojas the number one like guy who's catching flack even though he doesn't deserve it uh he does deserve it no and this is my point and this is my point exactly of the Yankees have been the hottest team in baseball, and yet Aaron Boone is somehow still catching stray bullets. Why were they the hottest team in baseball, though? Because uh, of Aaron Boone? No, man, because, I, I, Carly, I can't because say the he, MVP-level players we have decided to start hitting. He didn't have a negative impact Aaron. on it. He didn't have a negative impact on it. Well, I mean, if you can't, if if Jacarlo Stanton hits five home runs in, in like a four-game series, Aaron Boone could literally do nothing to stop that. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, but what he can do is overmanage or undermanage games and completely mismanage your pitching staff. I don't care if the Yankees win every game from now until the rest of the season and secure the division. I'm not giving Aaron Boone credit for that because I've watched him and the same gripe I have with Girardi. He more often than not mismanaged the Yankees out of winning a game when he could have just sat there and let the person that was performing well finish the job. He takes pitchers out too early. He leaves pitchers in too long. He can never seem to get it right. It's always that we're having this conversation about too early, too late. It's never like, wow, that was a good move. Look, is there a perfect he time? Really I think done. I think it is a. I think baseball as a sport is a lot of taking players out too early, too late, and some work, some don't. Other unless you're Kevin Cash taking Blake Snell out, that that's the only time I could ever say where unequivocally. Well, the feeling, we the need thing is though, I watch enough Yankees games to where. When that thing happened with Kevin Cash, uh, I, it's like I was watching the same thing I always watch. We almost got we almost got taken out of the playoffs twice because Girard, like because Girardi was 
pulling pitchers when the guy that was on the mound was literally unhittable or he was leaving guys out there who just walked the bases loaded. He's like, oh, he'll get the next guy. And then he gave up a grand slam. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't it's like it's like common sense bonehead decisions like that. When we literally had some of the best teams in baseball for a couple of years and we didn't win any playoff series or we just got to the LCS for, for Houston to beat us. You know, it was it was always something that we could have done differently and we would lose a game by like one or two runs or we shouldn't have even been in that position to begin with because Girardi left the guy in too long. But I digress. Gabe Kapler's underrated, not Aaron Boone. On behalf of at Random MLB Stars on Instagram, the Random MLB Podcast, and all of our affiliated entities, I apologize to both Joe Girardi and Aaron Boone. You don't deserve anything <laughs> you're getting. Uh, I'm the Yankees fan here. I'm, I'm happy that they're successful. I'm happy for all the years Girardi had us competing. But guess what? Like, with that team, for you to only be able to win one season when you got all these free agents handed to you that were literally at their prime of their careers, like, and you couldn't do anything after that. Like, some of the teams we had after that were not as bad as people think they were, especially in 2016, 17. You know, come on. When you said that right there, I was just like, I, I figured you had forgotten to start that off with, Hey, Mike. Hey, dog. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, this is Greg from Poughkeepsie. Uh, I just wanted to talk about how Aaron Boone takes out every pitcher too early. You know what the Yankees should do? They, tra- should, they should trade Jonathan Luazaga for Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff. I think that should be the pick. Uh, we trade Loazaga to Milwaukee, and then we trade Velasquez to Chicago, and then we get a back end of the rotate, a back end of the bullpen, and we get a uh, we get two frontline starters. Who says no? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I think you're grossly misrepresenting my opinion here. Thanks, Mike. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Regardless, all right, let's read our teams off. All right, I got Fernando Tatis, a quarterback. My running backs are Jose Ramirez and Javi Baez. Thumbs down. Wide receivers are Trey Turner, Ron Lacuna Jr., Kevin Kiermaier, the outlaw. My tight end is Cody Bellinger, and my kicker is Luis Rojas. <laughs> He's I also like juiced. Pick, but I'm also just like, I don't like the thing. Don't. <laughs> Luis Rojas is um, also jacked, and I, I, I like a jacked true. kicker. I mean, who knows? You might get, like, a Jake Elliott diamond in the rough. That's what I think. At least. <laughs> um, my quarterback is Byron Buxton. Uh, running back Mike Trout with Delino DeShields Jr. as my RB2. We have Cedric Mullins, Vladdy, and Starling Marte as my wide receivers. Uh, Aaron Judge at tight end. And Gabe Kapler as my kicker. I think these are do two good go, teams. Do you want to go with names? Oh, team names? names? Uh, yeah. My team name is called Matt Chapman. I wish you were here. Matt Chapman, I wish you were here. Um, my team's going to be called the All-American Reject. <laughs> Vladdy is taking a lot of heat, and he's the face of our franchise. I'm going to make him the captain. Uh, well, uh, my captain is Matt Chapman because I really wish – I really tried to draft him in this draft, but <laughs> he, his skill set didn't fit, and I, I really wanted it to. But, hey – he would, be a good, he would be a good uh, defensive end, I feel like. No, he's great defensively. I think he'd be a better... Down, he like locks down the corner. You know I think he'd be a good like, corner. I think maybe it could work because he can, like, really... He's shifty. 
Uh, I, I just don't think... I think Matt Chapman is best suited as a third baseman. I think he is the... I'm just happy we get to talk about him again because Matt Chapman is one of the... He's turned it around in this last month. And maybe the 2021 NL MVP, uh, AL MVP campaign has ended. But the 2022 AL MVP has just begun uh, for Matt Chapman. So I'm excited about it. And I'm hoping uh, the Mets maybe make a move for him when they lose Javi Baez in free agency this oh summer. Oh, my God. This is winter, I should he's say. He's a great glove in the field, and he's hitting. He will have to prove. Okay, he's at like two twenty. Like no, but he, 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 last month, go look at Matt, Matt Chapman's stats. He's hitting. He's hitting and he's fielding, and it's phenomenal. No, I know he's. I'm telling if you, if the Oakland A's get in the playoffs and Matt Chapman's playing like this, you should be afraid of Matt Chapman and the Oakland A's. I'm, I, I'm afraid of them for different reasons, but not for Matt Chapman. Well, regardless. That's our podcast. We're at a minute 12. We should end it up here. We might be at a minute, a minute 12. minute 12? My, my numbers are off. We're ending it up here. This has We're been an hour 12, my friend. It's not been a minute. I know it feels like a minute. Feels like a minute uh, 12. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> we are a random MLB podcast. My name is Tommy. His name is Greg. John Hamm will be here next week. I'm excited for it. John, getting ready for you. We will be back. Please follow us at Random MVP Stars. Greg, say goodbye. Goodbye, farewell, and please, please, please um, don't forget that John Ham's coming on the podcast next week with Josh. I don't think Josh. I think just we have a make, better just chance. To say two, just to say two statements together that are equally ridiculous. I think I'm going to end it with this. There's at least, I think there's a better chance John Ham's on this podcast next week than Josh. So, anyway, <laughs> love you, Josh. See you soon, hopefully. Greg. Love you, Josh. Hate you, Aaron. Goodbye.